Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening everybody. It's another episode of Dov Discusses and this time I'm joined by Mr Adam Digby to talk about Juventus. Adam, welcome back to the show. Cheers Dov, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. I've actually got a name for the show in the interim period from when you were last on, so uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're slowly moving forward. Um, right, let's, we'll just get into it. No, we'll, not, we'll forget all the kind of how we're using stuff. We'll just get straight into Juventus because that's what the people are listening for, of course. Um, now, Juventus on top of Serie A, which is obviously a strange thing, um, but no, no doubt that will happen eventually. Um, and some people have kind of questioned, or there have been questions, about their kind of form in parts this season. I think there was the particular kind of like the two Serie A games, I think when, when uh, Juventus drew with Atalanta and then lost to Lazio, and there was a lot of kind of, was there, is this Juventus, is this the demise, is this where it starts, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, if you look at the results this season, in Serie A particularly, it's been more or less kind of as you would expect, apart from that blip and then the, the Sampdoria, draw, uh, Sampdoria defeat as well. So, I mean, what are you, what's your kind of take on the form and the questions that people have been asking about it? I think, uh, for me, two things really from that. It's Firstly, Juve have clearly had some problems during this season. They've had uh, a period where the defence was leaking goals all over the place, which became mostly like when you say against Lazio and against Atalanta when they were terrible. Um, Allegri went ultra cautious to kind of fix that and that led to that along with a few other factors I'm sure will come on to later led to a, a bit of a problem in the attack um, which strangely nobody's really talking about because they've scored more goals than anybody in Serie A but they got 10 of those in two matches against Benevento uh, against Spal and Udinese in back-to-back weeks and they've only scored one goal in the last two games so it's kind of everything's not okay in attack there's clearly some problems there and the other thing is the, the the form of 
Napoli and Inter. Juve have got more points than they had at this point last year, but mm. Napoli and Inter have had brilliant starts to the season. And as we've seen with Napoli in the past two weeks, it's unsustainable. And mm. we, nobody really believes that Inter are going to go undefeated for the rest of the season. So it, it, it really is much the same as always for Juve. They, they're not a, the finished article because they changed so many players. They're not terrible but they're still the, the deepest and strongest team in the league for me and once everybody settles down and Inter get back to being Inter I, 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 I don't know <laughs> joking aside they have obviously been very good but I think they are going to drop points as we've seen in the past from Inter from Napoli and from Luciano Spalletti teams in, mm. in particular um, once they do have a setback, they they react negatively to that, and that's where you take advantage. Well, maybe maybe the uh, the Coppa Italia game against Pordenone will be the the catalyst that, that brings Inter back to being Inter because that was quite funny, um, right? So you kind of mentioned a couple of things there. Um, you mentioned the defence leaking goals. You mentioned the attack, and obviously the, the competition. So let's begin. Should, should, we, should we begin with the competition then, because and then we'll kind of get to the kind of areas of the team because like you say Napoli are having such a great season like probably like their best season since the, when, they, when they were with Maradona and winning the titles and stuff like mm-hmm. that and like say Inter are kind of surprisingly doing so well but Juventus have played both of them um, obviously beat Napoli at the San Paolo which is a fantastic result and then are probably quite unlucky to be uh, to not beat Inter at the Juventus Stadium just last weekend. So do, do you think kind of those two games showed the competition that, right, OK, you might be with Juve just now, but we're still better? Um, I think, I think first of all, I think if you if you spoke to any Juve fan before those two games and said, Napoli away and Inter at home, you can have four points, they would have ripped your arm off. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and, and as you quite rightly say, Juventus battered into nil-nil last week. Yeah. That, it, it was a very one-sided nil-nil, which it, you need look like that to, to stay at the top of the league. And fair play to Inter, they had their share, um, largely in the form of Mario Mandzukic. But <laughs> um, I, 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 think, um, I, I think more than... More than those two games showing Juve strength, I think what happened to Napoli after that showed Juve strength, really. Juve, as you said before, Juve have had some negative results there. They lost to Lazio, their first home loss in two seasons. Um, and, and, and they reacted and they won. Um, and Napoli lost to Juve and then they went and lost to Feyenoord, which, OK, they were struggling in Champions League anyway, but... Then they drew nil-nil with Fiorentina, and and Fiorentina did really well in that game. They more than held their own, mm-hmm. um, and and Napoli's best players all look worn out in very early December. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 look and you look and you see they've got uh, eight players who've played in who started thirteen or more games um, this season already in the league in sixteen rounds, and Juve don't have any. And, yeah. and, and that's bound to take its toll. And you watch the way that they were playing at the start of the season when everybody's rushing to praise them and saying, and Guardiola's calling them the best team they've ever faced because they battered Benevento 6-0 with their starting lineup. Like, if you if you put, if you you play Emanuele Giaccarini on the wing instead of Callejon or Insigne and you win 3-0, are you really any worse? Because you've rested a guy. And, and that really is a downfall for Sarri. Um, and probably the exact opposite if it's Allegri's problem where he rotates too much. But 
<laughs> in the end, it, it helps you then have fresh players come February and March. Uh, and the other teams just don't. Um, Hamshik looks like a shadow of himself. And you look at Inter and it's the same. They seem to be playing, by and large, the same lineup each and every mm. week. And yeah, they don't have European football. But at some stage, that's going to get affected by injuries. Are you going to lose a match and you need a reaction? And it, it, Inter are the same, aren't they? I mean, Icardi's playing out of his mind and scoring every chance that comes his way. Well, but... I, th- I think with Inter, Inter have got kind of like a spine of that team with Icardi, Perisic, Handanovic, Skriniar. Um, and then you yeah. can maybe say Borja and if you take you know, maybe one of those guys out then the replacements as we've seen in the Copa Italia the replacements just aren't of the same standard so if there is a couple of injuries Inter could then start to drop yeah, points Yeah, I, I think if you I think if you lose Borja you, you're probably okay because you've still got Brozovic, Gallardini, Vecino and, and that's kind of okay but with the others like if it's Handanovic, Skrinja or Icardi you're talking about Ede, Ranocchia and Padelli and like in the same token but for Juve you're talking about um, uh. Chesney, Benatia and Mandzukic and it, it it's not even comparable is it? Mm-hmm. Exactly and I think Napoli have got exactly the same things they've got a really a first team that can compete with the best but then once you start like you say bringing in Giaccarini or Alnas or whoever like Kirikes and yeah, stuff you're, I mean, you're kind of struggling <laughs> Yeah, you are, and not to get completely sidetracked because we're supposed to be talking about you, but you look at, like, Goulam got injured last month, uh, and when he got injured, Mario Rui, who is a serviceable fullback in Serie A, he's, he's mm-hmm. quite capable. He'd played one minute in the first 10 matches, and when you when you play such a intense system as Napoli do, how, how do you not rotate him into the lineup at some point so he, he can get used to playing with Koulibaly and Albiol and playing near Insigne and Hamshik and getting the ball from Pepe Reina it, it, it's all new to him, he only arrived in the summer, mm-hmm. you, you have to get get embedded in so that if there is a problem he knows what he's doing, you look at Asamoa, the way that he continues to be fed into the starting lineup in, in random, seemingly random games by Allegri <laughs> and then Sandro is completely out of form and you start Asamoa against Napoli and Inter and Juve keep a clean sheet it, it, that's the point, the purpose of rotation as much as resting players is to get these guys used to, to playing in big games and playing first team matches and Napoli and Inter are not doing that really yeah, so so what we've, what we've what we've come up with there then is not talking about Juve's. Juventus are still the best in the land. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. So we've, we've kind of worked it out in a roundabout kind of way. Um, right. So let, let's kind of look at some of the players then since uh, since the summer because there was a a, a bit of upheaval um, in defence and, and attack. Should we start with attack? Because you mentioned that the Juventus aren't scoring the goals that they were. And two points I kind of really want to touch on. One is Gonzalo Higuain wasn't scoring at the start of the season and now is in fantastic form. And then you have the opposite problem with Paulo Dybala, who was looked like he was going to score like a million goals this season at the start and then suddenly just stopped completely. And I, I want to touch on the comments made by Pavel Nedved after the Champions League draw where he said he needs to concentrate on the pitch and kind of almost ignore or not worry about his private life or something along those lines so that's a lot <laughs> so, so fire off yeah um, with Dybala it's quite easy to be honest uh, over some point over the summer he split up with his girlfriend and then he spent the past couple of months chasing around to get her back which as followers of his Instagram account will know he's done 
Um, and he scored again since then. So all is well in the household as well. <laughs> um, I, I really do just think, I think a little bit of it is, um, is clearly that because Pavel Medved very rarely makes a comment about the team that is in any way newsworthy. He usually just says the, the same things that Giorgio Chiellini says after a loss. We, we try really hard. We're doing yeah. what we can. Bland, typical <laughs> the, professional footballer. Yeah, the fantastic press conferences. <laughs> yeah, I, I can speak for 40 minutes and not actually say anything. <laughs> and, but he actually stood up and, and, and made a, a pointed comment and criticised Dybala and when you, the talk of, has been of Juve doing everything they can to keep hold of him, to have a, a player, a, a person in such a prominent role as Vice President Pavel Medved coming out and criticising him, it, it, it speaks to how serious the situation must be. Um, so I think that seems to be resolved. Do, do you think? Uh, do you think that would affect the ballot though? If he's like, well, well, hold on a minute, why am I being singled out? Or do you think it was something that maybe Nedved thought, right, I need to do this to get his kind of head in the right place? I think with Nedved's background as a as a former player and as a player who had his own trouble, troubles when he came to Juve, he really struggled to settle in after he came from Lazio with the price tag and replacing Zidane. And, and his first season was pretty terrible, really. Um, and then he won the Ballon d'Or in his second season. So, <laughs> so sad. Um, and, and Dybala's been there a while. He's 24. He's not a young kid anymore. I, I'd like to think that he knows him well enough that he can say that without Dybala throwing his toys out of the pram. Um, and, and Juve seem very much of that kind of Leonardo Bonucci aside. Um, Juve seem pretty well well equipped to, to deal with stuff like that and to, to say things. And for it to be so rare for Nedved to say something, I think he's got to know that that will be taken in the right way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the other thing that's affected Dybala is... <laughs> Not the the negative tactics of Allegri, but the way that Allegri set the team up in certain games, like against Napoli, he had Dybala man-marking Jorginho, which, do you really want a guy who you're targeting as a future Ballon d'Or winner to be man-marking somebody and playing a defensive role? Well, Juve won and he created the match-winning assist, so Allegri's right, what do we know, isn't it? It's <laughs> it's kind of... When you when you play in those, big, those really big games, in those really tough stadiums to go to, like the San Paolo, mm-hmm. players like Dybala have to do a job like that. And if you win, everything's great. And if, if, he, if he scores a free kick, then nobody would even criticise. But because he hasn't scored for ages, it, it becomes a big problem. And I think Dybala's shown that he's mature enough to handle that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he did a very good job of man-marking Jorginho, which is immense credit to him. Um, at a time when he was struggling for his own form to to play for 90 minutes and to do that uh, and to still lay on the winning goal for Higuain is is incredible and and Dybala definitely deserves praising for that um, with Higuain <laughs> the opposite um, <laughs> was true he was he was struggling at the beginning and I, I think this is really difficult because I know where it's going to end up when it's going to end up with fat jokes but <laughs> Gonzalo Higuain is a big lad and when he comes back after the summer he might not be in the best physical shape possible and <laughs> maybe training to play twice a week under the watchful eye of Allegri and his coaches makes him a little bit slimmer than he was before um, I, I really do think it's quite that simple I think I think the same was true of Carlos Tevez I think Carlos Tevez came back from Argentina in the two summers that he spent at Juve very much looking heavy, but he didn't have the same 
for want of a better phrase, fat face that Gonzalo Higuain does. Mm. So he got away with it. Um, and Tevez ran about a bit more as well. And, and, and Tevez <laughs> ran about. But I think if you if you watch Juve, if you watch Juve constantly and and you pay attention, Higuain actually does run about quite a bit. And he, he does press and he, he does work hard for the team. I think in games when he doesn't score, it, that kind of gets lost because he doesn't do it as much. And and if if you want to to play a fun game when Juve are, are being really boring the way that they play, watch how much more Gonzalo Higuain runs after he scores than he does before he scores. Because he, <laughs> after he scores, he seems to do... He, he turns into Carlos Tevez after he's scored a goal. And before he's scored a goal, he is 2004 Ronaldo. <laughs> Brazilian Ronaldo not Portuguese Ronaldo <laughs> he, he really does try so much harder after he scored it's fantastic so the best thing that can ever happen to Juve is when he gets an early goal like against Napoli because they have an extra man defending and it, mm. it's brilliant but <laughs> it's also very noticeable when he doesn't do that I think he joke, again joking aside he, he does get a bit of a bad rep because he is a big lad um, but he, he does work incredibly hard and it, it kind of gets overlooked a lot. Um, See, I, it, I, I don't really understand the, 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 obviously the fat jokes are quite, are quite funny and around again, but I think there was the picture after the Barcelona game with him and Dybala and Messi and he had his shirt off and obviously this yeah. is why I was I was super interested because Gonzalo Higuain's got his shirt off and you're thinking, he's not fat. I would love to look like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, you know I'm pretty thin so I, I can't make that joke, but... Um, <laughs> I, I, it does make me laugh that the few games that I've watched on British television this season, when he scores, the commentators seem to notice that he's lost weight. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's remarkable, to be honest, and I, I'm sure you have quite a few listeners who can attest to that fact, but they, they always seem to comment on his weight after he's scored a goal. He seems to look £5 slimmer when his name's on the score sheet. <laughs> uh, um, but but I think that's just something he's, he's learnt to live with, and he. He doesn't really seem to care, and yeah, you well. can see that when you you've probably spoken to him in a mix zone or two mm-hmm. before. He's, he really doesn't give a shit what anybody thinks no, about no, him. No, no, he doesn't. And, and fair play to him for that. It, there's a thick skin joke to be made there somewhere. Um, <laughs> he, he, I really like him, and I, I really do think you can make that comparison with Tevez. I think he, he doesn't fly into tackles the way that Tevez did, but he, he does look to close players down in much the same way. Um, I, I don't think he's the leader that Tevez was at Juve. I think Tevez mm. set a, a really good example for the likes of Morata and Pereira and um, Pogba, uh, who all seem to, to be lifted when Tevez was running around, whereas Higuain, it's, oh, you decided to join in, cheers. <laughs> um, it, and... And he, he does pout when nobody passes him the ball. If you don't pass to him and you don't score, you've made the wrong decision. And you, you see, watching in the stadium, you can see him scream at somebody for not watching. And then you you lean back and you look at the monitor on the press desk and you see that he had three defenders on him. And he, he mm. still complains that he didn't pass he, him the yeah, ball. And then, yeah. and then you watch him against Napoli and he had Koulibaly climbing all over him and he still scored. So maybe he has a point. <laughs> That's true. But he scored. Like he, he's not bothered as long as he's getting the ball in the back of the net. Um, yeah. What about the new signings then? Because Douglas Costa, well, like the, the, the signings in attack then. Because Douglas Costa again struggled at the start, but seemed to get a little bit better as the season gone on. What you would expect with a new player break, uh, kind of breaking into the team, and then there's Bernardeschi who has 
basically sat on his backside for the majority of his time at Juventus. I mean, what are your kind of thoughts on those kind of two different scenarios? I think, I think both of them have been kind of victims of Juve's problems elsewhere, really. I think because of the problems that Higuain and Dybala have had, Allegri's had to play them maybe a little bit more than he would have because he wants to get them firing, which mm. has led to less opportunities. And then, again, in the intergame, Allegri wanted to go defensive with the wings, so he put Mandzukic and Quadrado on, which, again, doesn't help Costa and Bernadeschi. Then Allegri's always ultra-cautious with new signings, particularly in attack. I mean, I, I looked back for something I was writing the other day and Alvaro Morata didn't start a, a game for Juve until November of his first season, which it, both Bernadeschi and Costa have both started games already. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, that's nothing new, I think. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I think the problem is, and I, I, I've written about this this, this week, it's, it's kind of that it's going to take time for Allegri to, to kind of go with the direction that the club seem to go in. He, he went to this 4-2-3-1 last year and he was playing Quadrado and Mandzukic as wingers, but they defend a lot. And then the club's gone out and bought him Costa and Bernadeschi, who are obviously much more attack-minded players. And I think it's kind of when you're struggling to keep clean sheets and then you play big games like Inter and Napoli in back-to-back weeks, it's, it is difficult, isn't it, to, to kind of find a, a role for those guys. And I think mm-hmm. Costa did a great job um, Again, I spoke about Dybala doing a great job man-marking uh, Jorginho. I think Costa did a great job tracking Insigne against, in the Napoli game uh, and making sure he didn't get a chance to, to go one-on-one against Di Chilio too much, which mm-hmm. is <laughs> be good, fun. Good, good news. <laughs> but I think, I, think, I think, like I said about Napoli and Inter, learning about them after they lose, I think we'll learn a little bit more about Juve and their new players between now and the winter break because... Apart from uh, Roma in Syria and probably Roma again in the Coppa Italia if they beat Genoa, they've got Bologna, Genoa in the Cup, Hellas and Cagliari in the last game before the winter break. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so that it, apart from the Roma game, that's four very, very, winnable. very winnable games and games where you don't need to have Mario Mandzukic playing as a left back and mm-hmm. and Quadrado playing on the right wing. You, you can kind of cut loose a little bit and you can chop and change the lineup and, and get the best out of Costa and Dybala and Bernadeschi. And I think if we don't see that over those games, then I really do think there's a problem. I think Juve have kept five clean sheets in a row now and I think if you've got if you've got obviously got that defensive stability back and then you, you're playing against four weaker teams that you should be beating I think you've got to bring those guys in and if I can make the excuse that it's been difficult for Allegri to do it so far that there really are no excuses over those games um, there's no Champions League games it's not anything other than keeping pace at the top of the league maybe making up ground if the, the other two teams drop points mm-hmm. um, and, it, and Inter do have a very difficult run. Um, I've noticed in the, before themselves before the winter break. Uh, so it, it really is a chance for for those guys to settle in. And I think it's it's the same with Rugani, isn't it? It's now or never. It's as I was saying about Napoli and Inter bringing players into their lineup. Juve they're never going to have a better chance than some run of the mill. Games well, you're playing games, Hellas. If you can't give Rugani yeah. a game against Hellas, then Christ, <laughs> there's yeah, no it, better thing. The, the same thing, and if Costa and Bernadeschi can't get a couple of goals between them in games like that, then mm. th- then we really do have a problem. But I think for the moment, it's just kind of they've been a victim of circumstance. Juve have, have had their problems, and some of their attacking players have had problems and needed to play more. And they've played some big games where they needed their attacking players to defend. And it, it, there are excuses. To, there are reasons. For, for why they've not been playing. I think if we're still having this conversation at the winter break, then we're, we're talking about making excuses for Allegri rather than a, a valid reason for why they've not been playing. Do you think it's like also maybe Allegri kind of when Juve maybe we're having a few issues, he's almost going back to kind of what he knows, what he knows works? Yeah, I, I think we saw a few times. I think after pretty much every bad result, he went back to the 4-2-3-1 with Pjanic and Kadira and he went to Batsali Chiellini or Benatia Chiellini or... Um, he put Licksteiner back in and Quadrado Mandzukic. He, he, he knows that works because Juve had a fantastic run at the end of last season up until mm. the Champions League final with that starting eleven. So it works. It, it It's kind of a comfort blanket for him, isn't it? It's like the <laughs> the the year before when he, when things didn't work, he went back to 3-5-2. Mm-hmm. It, it helps the players as much as it helps Allegri, I think, it, that familiarity. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, well, well, you kind of mentioned Rugani there, so let's kind of go on to the, to the other end of the pitch. Um, because I think when we spoke before the start of the season, you, you were, I think you were kind of quite hopeful about Rugani and saying that, that now he, this is where you need to put Rugani in and you need to give him games. And it's happened to an extent. Like he's played some games, he's struggled in some, he's played well in some. Benatia's came in and others played well. So, I mean, how do you think can a Juve are kind of coping with the loss of Bonucci and trying to get one of those two guys and Barzali as well to, to partner Chiellini? Yeah, I think the, the news today that Barzali is going to sign a year's contract extension is kind of baffling because you've got Caldara arriving in the summer, haven't you? Mm. To all intents and purposes. I mean, maybe he, he gets a loan somewhere else or Rogani goes out on loan somewhere, but it, it doesn't exactly look like Juve rushing to usher in a new era in defence. Um, Rugani did play a lot 
at the start of the season. He was rested or dropped, whatever you want to call it, in the, the Barcelona game that ended up in a, a 3-0 win for Barca. Mm-hmm. Um, but then he, he, he played a lot um, and he played quite well at times. He, like you say, he made some mistakes. I, I really don't know. It's... Well, you could have said that it's now or never for him, really, because yeah, he's getting on a wee bit. He's not a wee young defender anymore. He's, what, what 24, I think? Um, so he's kind of... Yeah, it's, I mean, on. that's still kind of young by Italian standards, isn't it? <laughs> well, but when you've got Bernalli signing new contracts at like 100 years old, then yeah, Bernalli's all the time. Yeah, but it's it's kind of difficult to see where Rugani goes because... He came from Empoli and everybody's like, yeah, well, he's, he's played two seasons. He's been great. He didn't get booked in a whole season of Serie A, which I'm, I'm not sure that's a good thing for a, a central defender in Serie A to not be getting a booking. Um, but he he looked good. But I think the, the, the thing that people seem to overlook quite a bit is playing in Serie A for Empoli is not the same as playing in Serie A for Juve. Mm-hmm. And... If you make a mistake at Empoli, nobody. If you make a mistake at Empoli, and nobody's around to see it, did it really happen? You know, <laughs> it, it, nobody is replay unless he falls flat on his face and scores an own goal. A mm. Daniele Rugani mistake for Empoli is not getting a, a five-second clip on Twitter. But if he does it for Juve, it is, even yeah. if it's the most minor thing. Um, and. It, it seems as though he must be struggling with that pressure because Allegri really doesn't trust him and he Allegri has won three titles in a row and got to two Champions League finals so he knows what he's talking about he knows what he's talking about yeah and he he, he played guys like Philippe Mexes and Bonera at Milan so (laughs) it's not like if if he's struggling he won't play there must be something more to it and I think the more that time goes by when Rugani isn't becoming a first-team regular at Juve, it, it leans towards the fact that he won't because, as I said already, Caldare is waiting in the wings and not only has he been playing regularly for Atalanta, he's played in the Europa League as well. Um, well, he's almost which... elevated the Atalanta team to an extent because they obviously scores goals, he, he helps them keep clean sheets, gets them to the Europa League, whereas if you look at, say, Rugani, all right, I'm not going to compare the two teams because they're very different, but did Empoli keep more clean sheets? Did them play kind of <clears throat> go over and above themselves um, in terms no, I, of performance? I think Empoli were better the season after he left when Gianpaolo was there. Mm. Um, and and that in itself is maybe a criticism, but I, I think Caldara seems to have more about him. He seems more of a proactive defender. And, mm. and when you play the way that Juve played, maybe that helps. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's easy to well, this young guy's not playing. Let's move on to the next one. But the, the the more you watch a guy of his age and the lack of experience that Caldara's got, and he's shining, playing in tough sta- like tough stadiums. Leon and Everton away are, are not easy matches. Um, both those teams have been in Champions League not too long ago, right? Everton didn't get to the group stage, but they they finished in the top four in England once upon a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and they've got some some very good players and Caldara more than held his own in those matches um, and that, that gives him a huge uh, head start on a guy like Rugani um, and and you kind of look the way he's playing at the moment and the fact that Batali is getting another con- new contract and Benati was named Juve's player of the month for November if you can believe mm-hmm. that um, 
and he and he fully thoroughly deserved that as well. He he was great in the matches that he played. Um, uh, it's just amazing that he managed to string a few matches in a row as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. well, I, <laughs> he seemed like he was made of glass before that, but he <laughs> he seems to have got a run in the team and done very well with it. So fair play to him. Um, and that place alongside Chiellini is right there for the taking, isn't it? It's very easy for Allegri to, to ask Bartzali to play in a, a big game. But then when there's another game three days later, we all know Bartzali can't play that. So mm. whoever's playing well out of Benatia and Rugani will get chances. And at that moment, that's Benatia. Um, and and as much as you want to criticise Allegri for, for leaving out Rugani, I think you have to by the same token criticise Rugani for making it easy for Allegri to do that um, and and it, I really do think that the way that things are going he's the one who's going to get pushed out in the summer I think Allegri, Allegri's not going to go back to a back three so I, I think four or five central defenders is more than enough and I, I really do see if uh, Bartali's getting another year on his contract that that come the summer Rugani's going to find himself expendable um, and <laughs> and maybe he should dread that too, looking at what's happened to uh, Bonucci after he's decided to, <laughs> to leave you. No, that, that, that's, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that is a whole podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Leonardo Bonucci episode. Oh, it's funny. Um, cool, right, so almost done. Uh, but something I do want to get your, your thoughts on quickly is the, the Champions League draw. Obviously, it's three months away. I don't want to, we don't want to case, oh, this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. But Juventus obviously got Spurs. Um, and kind of my first thought was that this is this should be not simple for Juve, but I think Juventus should have more than enough to to overcome Tottenham in the Champions League. I think I've got to agree with you. I think you you're talking about a team who's got to two of the last three finals. I think that if they fear a team like Tottenham, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. I think. Mm. As much as Tottenham have been very good at times in the Premier League, that they're, they're a very young team, and the way that they match up with Juve plays into Juve's hands almost. I mean, if you if you get a, a team like Manchester City where you've got all these, or even Manchester United where you've got all these uh, smaller, quicker forwards buzzing around and interchanging positions, I think that's a bit of a nightmare for a team like Juve. But Tottenham have got Harry Kane, who yes. Fantastic striker scores a ton of goals, but you just know that Giorgio Chiellini is rubbing his hands <laughs> waiting for that that one-on-one matchup because he lives for that shit, doesn't he? Like, he does. Yeah. Here's a, here's a great striker. What you're going to do is like, well, I'm going to mark him out of the game. What else have you got? <laughs> it, it, and, and we all know he'll do that, and we all know he's going to foul him, and he's going to bear hug him at corners. He's got to be pulling that shirt. Or he's got to be and all over him. <laughs> He is, and then when he gets the ball, he's going to dive too. He's fantastic at that. Um, this massive brute of a man who falls over at the slightest touch, um, and he's too smart to get to to lose those kind of battles. He's made his career off of winning them and and doing it very comfortably. He's done it to Zlatan, and if oh, he can do it to Zlatan, he can do it to anybody. Yeah, you you, you can do it to anybody except Sergio Policia. Well, this is this is true. I mean, but Sergio Police is like a step above everybody else. So he can well, like, watches over the footballing world and just goes, "Yeah, well, you can wish." I, but the the thing is, I'm not just saying that because you pretend to support Kievo. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying that because Police always fucking scores against you. So you've said that now. The next time they play each other, it's not going to happen, and I'll be upset. 
Um, no, and Harry Kane will score a hat trick <laughs> at Wembley. Well, fantastic. <laughs> Everyone will be ready to replay that. Um, as, and, and something just before we go, obviously, kind of that's around February, March, and um, this is something that Allegri always goes on about. It's kind of like his mantra whenever there's kind of any criticisms of Juve, whether it's been this season or in seasons past. He's all, always comes back to the as long as we're there or thereabouts, come March, everything will be fine. Yeah, and, and I think that's kind of going kind of going full circle. What we're saying about kind of the rivals in Serie A that they've kind of hit full like they're they're basically at full speed already, whereas Juve are kind of still building up to that. And I think that's the the, the kind of dangerous point for them is that they're already there playing kind of as, as good as they're probably going to play. Whereas Juve are, I would say, they're not there yet because they don't kind of get to that. Can, like the way that Allegri kind of sets up his training schedules and stuff is to get everybody fit for that period starting from March and I think that's the dangerous thing for everybody else Yeah, I think I think he's kind of a little bit disingenuous with that this season I think two years ago when Juve had a terrible start mm-hmm. like a, a genuinely terrible start he was right to say well we'll see where we are in February and March and when it came to February and March Everything was okay because they didn't lose from the end of October until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this season he'd be more accurate to say, "Well, let's see where Napoli and Inter are in February and March," because we all know we have six years of evidence that Juve can keep this pace up every year, year in, year out, and we we also have five years of evidence that Roma and Inter and Napoli can't. Mm-hmm. So they're the ones who are going to have to do something different, and I think. Juve are just slowly starting to shift through the gears and as I said before taking four points from from Napoli away and Inter at home it kind of shows that they're they're still in control of their own destiny and if you've played as well as Inter and Napoli have already and the gap is only what it is today um, you you have to worry about that don't you because you'd hope that you've opened up quite a big lead at the top of the table and they've just they've not been able to do that Juve had some terrible results and and nobody's really punished them for it as yet and I think that we saw that two years ago when Juve fell so far behind yes they went undefeated for the rest of the season but if you've got a 12 point lead going into Halloween you've really got nobody to blame but yourself (laughs) You've, you've got a four game cushion there and and you obviously have to lose a serious amount of games to to be caught. Um, so I, I think it's it is the same. Allegri, as I said about choosing Rogani or not choosing Rogani, I think Allegri's proven time and time again that he's right, and he he knows how to make sure the team is ready for February match. And I think the other thing, just to to quickly touch upon it, um, that that hasn't really been discussed too much yet, that really does play into Allegri's hands the way that he builds the team. Is there's two extra games before the winter break this year, mm-hmm. um, which means when February and March come, the team will have played more games than they usually have, but have been better rested because they'll they'll get those games out of the way. And as we said before, they're they're quite easy games for Juve. It's, you're talking Hellas and Cagliari, um, and then go and rest, uh, and then come back to the the knockout stage of the Champions League and the the business end of the Serie A season, fully rested and ready to go. That's a, a, a frightening prospect when you look at how close to the top they already are. Yeah, that's true. Although I, get, I want to get your thoughts, actually. This is a good point, because obviously this is the first time that kind of Serie A has played uh, through the Christmas New Year period, and obviously you've got Coppa Italia in the middle as well. Are you a fan of it, or are you like me? I, I'm, I'm quite annoyed by it, because it kind of ruins holiday time. Yeah, it, it, it kind of does, I think. 
the good the good thing is we still have a a week off really over Christmas. They they played just before because of the way that the the holidays have fallen. We we played just before Christmas and then just before New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with the and then back, in the middle, which is yeah, where nobody yeah, cares about. <laughs> so that's yeah, all. exactly. I mean, Juve Roma in the quarterfinals is a, okay. It's it's a big deal, but they've both got to get there first, and then it, it, it's still not going to be the full team. So I think. I expect quite an empty stadium for that one, but I, I think I think it should be okay. I think it, it helps. The one the one thing as a as a fan, I think I'm kind of not really fussed either way. As a writer, I think in one respect I, I've got to do a little bit more work over the holidays than I usually do. But when I sit down to write a halfway of the season kind of review it's genuinely halfway, halfway yeah. whereas it, it, it never was before we always did it and yeah, then it was, it was two games after you're like oh Christ, not and, really and then two games after you're like oh so-and-so's winter champions like hold on you did a half season review two weeks ago like <laughs> yeah no but uh, so it, it kind of does fall neater from that point of view um but yeah it, it does seem odd to take a break after the christmas and then have meaningless games in January but then hey we can write about transfers instead <laughs> yeah, everybody yeah, I'm sure everybody will be excited oh, about vomit <laughs> perfect there we go right Adam um, <laughs> that is the, Merry Christmas when we, we start talking about transfers that is the perfect place to, to wrap everything up um, cool. could you tell all the people uh, where they can find you on the social medias as well yeah, on Facebook, just under my name, and on Twitter's ADZ77. Uh, I, everything that I do, I post on there, and every time I criticise Milan, I get killed for it. Uh, it's fun to criticise Milan, because it's, it's so funny. It's the I, I criticise everybody. It's just much funnier everywhere. And just, I, I, I think, just the one last final thing, not about you, babe, but just in general... Mino Raiola works for Donnarumma, not the other way around. So it's kind of, he's the man in charge. Maybe don't criticise Donnarumma. Uh, maybe don't criticise Raiola for doing his job. Yeah, this is true. But, well, that, that's what football fans are like. They criticise the 18-year-old who who earns six million a year. And they're like, yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's a, it's a funny old one. Uh, right, yeah. Adam, thank you very much, sir. It's been a pleasure, and I'm sure we'll show catch-up um, uh, for once we get to the beginning of the business end of the season to see how happy you are then. Yeah, talk to you soon, Dolph.
deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.